Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bible with you, if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 50 this morning. I want to continue. Some, sometimes when I begin to teach series of messages, it's very intentional in that it begins at a place where the Lord shows me a grander uh, scale of things. Actually, I begin developing sermons. Uh, when that one sermon turns into an hour long, I realize I've got a two-week sermon series. When that one sermon gets to an hour and a half long, you do the math, okay? And, and, and everybody said... Amen, right? Because nobody wants an hour and a half long sermon. So, um, but I, I, I usually go into these things and it's a pretty sequential thing that's already laid out in my mind and my heart and begin sharing with you. But these last few weeks have been kind of different because just been kind of trusting the Lord week to week and just saying, Lord, what, what do you want to speak to your people? And, you know, as, as I've been doing that, actually the Lord has kept us kind of right in the same groove here uh, somewhat where I believe the Lord is leading us to some deeper places I really do I, I know we've got the t-shirts you know the been there done that got the t-shirt we've all got the t-shirt going deeper uh, if you don't have yours just stop by the cafe on the way out and <laughs> shameless merch plug there but but, you know, I do believe that I sense in my spirit that the, that the Lord is leading Faith Assembly Church and not just as an organization, but as individuals in this body. I believe that the Lord is leading us to deeper places. I believe that he's leading us to places in the spirit that we haven't been before. And I believe that it's a divine setup for you and I to have greater kingdom impact in this community and around this region than ever before. And, you know, I, I sense in my spirit, as I said, that the, the Lord's leading us to places, and those places in particular are places where if we heed the instruction of Scripture, I believe we're going to be better positioned for spiritual growth. I, I sense the Lord challenging us all in general, and many of us in particular, to let go of some things to let go of some things, to shift our perspectives of what's happening in our lives and to lead us to places where rather than being torn up over certain aspects of life that aren't meeting our expectations, rather than, rather than walking around being torn up all the time, we're actually embracing the lessons that the Holy Spirit would teach us during those times and when he's had his perfect work in our lives, we'll come out better spiritually speaking. We'll be more mature. We'll be more attuned to, to the voice of the Spirit. We'll have a greater understanding and application of kingdom principles. And consequently, we'll have a greater and more effective witness in this world. Understand this, church. In an era when the world has gone mad, the most powerful witness will be a church that has not joined the hysteria. 
that, that we know that the Lord has not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, and we're at a place of maturity where we're able to face the challenges of life and keep our spiritual wits about us and continue moving forward in God's call. You understand that the call of God, the purpose, the plan of heaven is not contingent upon the happenings or the affairs of this world. God's word, the word says, is forever settled. The, the things that he has set in motion will be. The, the glory of it all is that we get to be a part of it. We can be partakers together in, in the majesty of God's plan unraveling and being unveiled in this region as he has planned for this community. And, and we only do that, though, as we mature in Christ and we're ready and we're ready to receive and our capacities increase. Now, the last few weeks, as, as I said, have been challenging. They've honestly been challenging words because two weeks in a row we discussed the topic of waiting. And I know that's a challenging word because it's such a despised exercise. To be challenged to do something that none of us want to do. I mean, if I were to raise hands, ask for a show of hands today, how many of you want to wait for something? You know, it's, it's a typical Sunday for many of you, I'm sure. You're, you're here at church now. A little bit later on, you're going to go to a meal together. Or you're going to enjoy some time. The last thing you want to do is show up and wait. As a matter of fact, you'll probably be scrolling through apps between here and wherever you're going to find out how long the wait is. Because sometimes what you want isn't even worth the wait. So you say, well, we'll settle for something different. So we don't, we don't want to be encouraged to wait. And I, I know in those messages we were reminded that waiting is not as much about uh, the passage of time as it is about the preparation of our hearts and minds for the next season into which the Lord is leading us. And we were encouraged in that, that what the Lord is leading us to is worth the wait. It is worth the wait. And, and then last week, our attention was directed towards the subject of fiery trials. Again, another subject that we're not all that enthused about. Again, if we were to ask for a show of hands, who wants to march through a fiery trial in the coming weeks, the coming days, weeks, months, whatever it is? None of us. None of us want to face the fire of, of adversity. And these, these are seasons of intense testing that we surely will endure as believers. And we were challenged last week. Many of us, you know, we just want to tiptoe carefully to the grave, hoping to arrive safely at death. But... The truth of the matter is that you and I, if we're bold enough to follow the Spirit's leading in our lives, that very act of obedience will many times lead us through seasons of severe testing. Listen, I saw, I heard a, I heard a quote the other day, it was a warning. It said uh, something to the effect of warning, life is dangerous, infinitely hazardous to your health, and ultimately will kill you. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's the nature of life is that it, it leads us through some difficult places. And we've got to understand that regardless of how many commercial advertisements we see suggesting otherwise, 
The chief goal of your life and mine is not to attain the comforts of the world, but according to the Westminster Catechism, it is to man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So our goal in this life is not to seek the comfort of this life, but to seek the will of God. And as we're seeking and pursuing the will of God and his good pleasure in our lives, we're going to be tested. We mentioned something, though, at the conclusion of last week's message that I believe spurred a thought for this week's challenge. And last week we spoke about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they passed through the fiery trial. And the testimony about them was that when they emerged from the fire, when they emerged from the fire, not a single hair on them was burned and they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like the fire. In other words, they didn't smell like what they had been through. Rather than carrying the aroma of their trials, they carried the grace and the favor of God in their lives. And we saw them pass through that fire and emerge and God elevated them to the next level. Sometimes we're going through hard places as a setup to go to the next place that God has for us. And the testimony of their lives was not, look what I've been through, but rather look what the Lord has done. And sure, I've been through the fire, but he was the fourth man in the fire. Also, we went through the fire at one level, but God brought us through the fire and to another level. So what's the difference between coming out, carrying the aroma of praise uh, because of a fresh revelation of God's glory in our lives and coming out sour? Have you ever been to the fragrance counter in a department store? And you, you spritz all the little smells and you go through and you, you're sniffing and you say, mm, mm-hmm, mm. <laughs> you, you went too far down the discount spectrum there, just, okay. But, but what you're doing there, what you're doing there is you're choosing your aroma. You're making a choice as to what you're going to smell like. Some of you got up this morning, you, you, got, you got showered, you got dressed, you got ready. One of the last things you did was stop by the table, the countertop there, whatever it is, and you, 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 you made a decision. You said, what, what am I going to smell like today? And can I tell you something today that when you pass through the adversities of life, when you go through seasons of waiting, when you pass through fiery trials, you have the same choice in that instance that you get to choose what you smell like in the end. And, and we, we choose that. And the same is true for our lives, spiritually speaking, as well. And many things in this life are our choice. You and I are going to endure a lot of things in this life. Some more pleasurable than others. Some things will bless you. Some things will test you. Many will be the seasons of rejoicing and often will be the interruptions of sorrow. And when you face, as Paul said, all these things. How many of you have ever faced 
all these things. You, you know that list of things that Paul rattles off there that he's been through, the beatings, the shipwrecks, the prisons, the, all those things, all these things. Sometimes we go through life and we feel like we're dealing with all these things. But, you know, when you face all these things, as Paul says, you have a choice and there is one choice that will make all the difference in the world regarding what's going to happen in the aftermath of those things. Because when you're passing through the fire, you've got two choices. You can look to God in the fire, and you can come out on the other side thanking him for what he did in the fire and bringing you through the fire, or you can endure the fire and come out on the backside sitting around licking your wounds and being sorry for what you've been through. Or should I say being sour about what you've been through and that choice is yours and many of the things that we face in this life that we'll encounter in this life will will cause us to either be bitter or it will help us become better and the attitude that we choose I'm sharing a message with you today entitled choose your tude the attitude that we choose will be the difference between being better or being bitter. And, and the attitude that you choose will be the difference between rising up in victory or continually writhing in defeat. And I want you to understand this because we hear this even in, in secular world and, and things like that. But I want to tell you something. So many of the things we hear that are good in the world were actually hijacked from the scripture and taken out of context and, and, and used in, but, but this is a biblical principle. This is not about the power of positive thinking, although I do believe that's a thing. This is about the fact that your attitude, my attitude will determine when we're passing through this life, whether we will receive or reject what God is doing in our lives in a given circumstance. You know what I'm talking about. You, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with it right here. You ready? How many of you know people, as we like to say politically correct, that we, have, we, we know people with whom we have personality conflicts? Right? I mean, just like they, they walk in the room and something in us goes, Whew. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just like oil and vinegar. It, you know, it just, it's, it just doesn't mesh. And they can come in and they can be kind to us. They can be complimentary to us. But because of the attitude that we have towards them, we're not receptive of what they say or the gestures they make towards us. You realize we can do the same thing with God? That when we're passing through circumstances, we're passing through situations, God is trying to show us something. God's trying to reveal something in us, move something out of us, extract something from us. Whatever the case is, he's not trying to make us bitter. He's trying to make us better. But if all we can do is sit around and bemoan what we're having to go through, we're going to have that same resistance to what God is trying to show us and the thing that he's trying to impart into our lives if we don't select the right attitude as we're going through. Listen, 
I want to I illustrate this with a reflective question, so no show of hands. How many of us have ever been going through a particularly trying season and the Holy Spirit reminds us either by impression in our hearts and minds or through the voice of a would-be prophet of some biblical principle and that is not at all what we wanted to hear in the moment. Granted, there are times, there are times, if you're going to be a counselor to somebody, there are times that saying God won't put anything more on you than you can bear is not an appropriate way to encourage someone. It's just not, I mean, that what they need to hear in that moment is I'm here for you. Not, not necessarily something deeply theological in that moment. But may, maybe, maybe rather than quoting scripture, we just say, listen, I have no idea how this is making you feel, but I'm here for you and I'm ready to serve you and pray for you any way I can. But even still, there are times in our lives when our absolutely unqualified response to the Spirit's prompting in our lives is to bristle up. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been dealing with things in my own life, in my own heart, my own thoughts, emotions, mind, when, when in the mix of it, I'm, I, I am absolutely torn up and the Spirit of the Lord comes and begins to speak something to me and something inside me just says, that is not what I want to hear right now. I want somebody to vindicate me. I want somebody to justify me. I don't want anybody in this state to come and correct me. right and and you know you know as well as I do that sometimes when we're passing through the fire sometimes when we're in a tough spot that that is when the Lord comes in and he begins to challenge the way we've been thinking about things or the viewpoints that we've been holding on things and and as we're in that place it's just not what we want to hear why because our attitude needs to change and we're not receptive to what the Spirit is doing and where the Spirit is leading because of the attitude that we're holding. Listen, you say, Pastor, you don't, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. You may be listening to me and thinking to yourself, this guy has no idea what life has dealt me, how unfair life has been, how difficult the seasons I'm passing through, how terribly distressing my situation is. Okay, first of all, you don't engage in 20 years of pastoral ministry and not encounter times that you absolutely don't understand what's going on. You, you've reached out, nobody's responded. You love people, they leave. You, were, you extended kindness and you gave yourself to the service of others, they responded with slandering and abandonment. You did your best and it absolutely wasn't good enough. Look, I get it. I get it. I know there are things in life that you don't understand. And I'm not, I'm not here to compare tragedies, but some of you may not know or some of you may know that I actually, one of the most poignant times in my life that the Lord impressed this lesson on my heart was back in 2017. In December of 2017, um, I lost my sister to a couple decades-long battle with uh, substance abuse. And... Uh, my family asked me in that moment, said, would you, would you officiate the memorial service? And I said, well, you know, I'd be honored to do that. And I can remember to this day sitting in front of a blank computer screen 
just trying to collect thoughts to put together to have a few words to say at a graveside and I'm, I'm standing there and I've got all of these unmet expectations I've got all of this disappointment I've got just a world of hurt and emotion on the inside of me and I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm saying Lord what am I supposed to say to this what, what am I supposed to say in this moment? We prayed, we believed, we sought, and yet it ends this way. And as clear as anything, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, before you can determine what you're going to say, you're going to need to decide what your attitude's going to be. And I stood before a crowd that day and I said, you know what, in this, in this moment, what I want to do is I just want to have an attitude of thanksgiving. That maybe life wasn't always perfect, but it was a blessing to have known. It's a blessing to have witnessed the grace of God dealing with the heart of an individual, striving with someone so broke. And, and out of a shift of attitude, there flowed just a, a, a wonderful testament of thanksgiving and praise and, and honestly glorifying God out of that situation. And that's not to aggrandize myself, that's to encourage you today to say, hey, you may be passing through some difficult things that you don't understand, but you have a choice in this moment just the same way that you chose what you were going to smell like when you come to the house of the Lord today, just like you chose what you were going to put on today. You can choose the attitude that you're going to cover yourself with when you're passing through the fire. You can choose the attitude and, you know, you and I will face situations in this life wherein if we are to find the beauty, if we are to find the will of God, if we are to learn the lessons that the Spirit desires that we learn, if we're going to receive the maturation that is being imparted into our lives, we will have to choose an appropriate attitude to what the Lord is doing in our lives in that moment. And I've got to tell you, I, I know this is not a very pastoral thing to do, but you know, you know what the essence of pastoral ministry is? It's shepherding people, and it's shepherding the hearts of people, and it's, it's leading people forward, and especially leading people forward in the Spirit. And I've got to be honest with you. You're not always going to be a raging fan of where the Lord leads you. Things that God permits to come into your life are, are not always going to fill your heart with glee. I mean, you, we, just, we just have this pie-in-the-sky mentality, you know, that if we love Jesus and we're following him, then everything's just going to, it's just going to be, you know, dandelions and rainbows or whatever, I don't know. It's just, it's all going to be great, but it's not always that way you remember that one of our most beloved scriptures says yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death you're with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you you anoint my head with oil you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies that that's that's not all that's an attitude 
That's a perspective. That, that is choosing in this moment rather than to sit around with what I call the chicken little complex and talk about how the sky is falling, that we look to the goodness of God even in the most difficult circumstances and say, Lord, I know that you are with me. You're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor God's seed begging bread. And I know if you brought me to it, you're going to leave me through it and I'm going to come out on the other side better than I was when I went in so I'm going to hold my head up like a child of the most high God I'm going to walk in the confidence of the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I will choose joy I will choose peace I will choose to not have to understand but to trust God I want to give you a few examples in closing in Genesis chapter 50 Genesis chapter 50 this is this is one of the most powerful powerful testaments to being pliable to learning the lessons of life the hard lessons of life Genesis chapter 50 we're nearing the end of the life of a man named Joseph and if we cast a rearward glance all the way back to his teenage years, we learn that he was beloved by his father, but he was despised by his brothers. There actually came a point in Joseph's life when his brothers threw him in the pit. They were deciding while he was in the pit if they were going to kill this. This is family, y'all. I mean, his, his blood kin. They were deciding... What are we going to do with this cat? We're going to kill him? We're going to let him live? We got to do something to get him out rejection. Finally, they see a caravan of traders coming through and they haul him up out of the pit and they sell him for a few pieces of silver. He's taken from there into captivity in Egypt and he serves in the household of a man named Potiphar. He's sold into slavery. And in Potiphar's house, he's falsely accused and from there he goes into a dungeon and he spends time in the dungeon. He meets with a couple of guys in the dungeon and says, hey, I can interpret your dream for you, but remember me when you get out, please. He interpreted their dream. They went on their way. They went and stood before the king. When the opportunity arose, they forgot all about Joseph. They went on with their self-serving, self-seeking motives, and they forgot Joseph, and there he was left to rot in the prison for years to come. He finally is, has opportunity, and he's before the king. He's able to interpret the king's dream. The king exalts him. Again, it's a, it's a place where God is leading through a hard place, and the hard place is a setup to the next place. And he's finally given this position of great authority. Joseph's brothers come to town, and he finally reveals himself to them. They had believed him dead and certainly never dreamed that he would be in the position of authority that he was. And they're standing there before him. And when their father passes away, they're standing on trembling knees thinking, oh, this is it. It's payback time. This guy's going to get us back for all the mean, nasty that we did to him. And we pick up the narrative here in verse 15 of chapter 50. 
It says, when Joseph's brothers saw their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil that we have did to him. Saying, before your father died, he commanded us, saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespasses of the servants of, God, of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And then his brothers also went and they fell down before his face and they said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, listen to this. Because if I'm here and I have a sneaking suspicion if you're here, you're taking great pleasure in this moment, right? Can you feel it? We, we like to sing victory is mine in the church, but in the flesh we like to sing vindication, vindication is mine. And this is it right here. This is, this is the ultimate setup for payback. And Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? But as for you, dungeons, torments, pits, prisons, lies, rejection, betrayal, all those things. He said, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as he has this day to save many people. Listen, I don't know what lesson Joseph learned along the way that brought him to this point of understanding. But I believe what we see right here in this moment is an expression that is the fruit of the attitude that Joseph decided on as he's passing through the trial. I will not let this make me bitter. I will trust God to be better. I'm not, I'm not going to let this tear me up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe. Listen, we, we just are so contradictory sometimes, and I'm speaking for myself. You can say amen if you want to. But we are so contradictory sometimes between the statements that we make and the actions we take. Because the statements we make are, I believe that God works all things together for good of those that love him. The action that we take is when we're going through the things. We just tense up and sour up. And, but if our, if, our, if our statement and our action of faith is going to be congruent, then what we're going to do in those moments is we're going to say, God, I don't understand any of this. I don't even necessarily like it but I know that the chief end of my life is not to find comfort in this world but it's to bring glory and honor to you and I know that what you're doing right now is working out a better ending for my life to glorify you and to glorify heaven and to lead others to you so Lord I will willfully submit teach me O oh Lord lead me Holy Spirit into deeper things and show me your will O oh God At one point in Job's life, in, in a moment, in, in what would seem like a single moment, everything precious to him was taken away. And Job's response to that was, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can stand all over this congregation as I remind you of one more thing. 
at a place called Golgotha. Stretched out on a cross, a cruel implement of death and torture, there hung a Savior. A Savior who years before had said, my purpose is to do the will of my Father. It was a predetermined attitude. Whatever comes in this life, my, my life is about pleasing God, pleasing the Father, and executing His will, wherever this leads me. Lord, if, if there's no other way, let this cup pass from me, but if there's no other way, not my will, but yours be done. And He hung there on the cross, and He looked down at a cruel and mocking crowd, and He said, Father, forgive them, because they, they don't know what they're doing. And can I tell you, maybe, maybe today there's some areas in your life, some people that have hurt you, some things that you've been through that you just need to look on and say, God, listen, I trust you. Whatever I've had to endure along the way, I want to release that right now in this moment. The hurt, the bitterness, the anger. Because God, whatever they've done, whatever their will, whatever their intent was towards me, they may have meant it for evil, but I know that you work all things together for my good. And maybe today there just needs to be a release in this place, a release in the spirit, just a letting go, a laying on the altar, all those things and saying, Lord, would you just have your way in my life, in my heart today? God, move powerfully in me. Help me select the right fragrance in this moment. When I leave here, Lord, I don't want to smell like the stank I've been through. I want to I carry the fragrance of your goodness out into this world. I want to smell like the sweet aroma of grace and mercy and forgiveness, joy, peace, patience. I want to smell like the fragrance of heaven. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.